Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher, a hockey podcast. I'm your host, Adam Glass. Uh, Sean Robinson was supposed to join me this week, but unfortunately, he is under the weather, so it will be a solo week. Uh, so feel free to turn it off now if you don't want to hear me talk for an undetermined amount of time, generally bordering on an hour. Uh, so what's been going on since I last talked to you? Uh, I have been watching, or have finished now, uh, the newest season of Jack Ryan on Tyler's beloved Amazon Prime. Uh, it's fine. I don't know. It's fine. That's pretty much how I would describe it. Actually, I would say the first season was better than I expected. Second season's kind of meh. Third season's fine. I don't know. It's spy stuff. It's whatever. It's got, definitely got a budget, um, you can tell, which is kind of nice to see. It's not... You can tell stuff is actually filmed on location. Um, one of my bigger problems with the style of a lot of, let's say, high-budget science fiction films or Marvel movies, if you will, is it's way too much green screen. Uh, I'm a very big practical guy. That's why I loved Christopher Nolan's Batman movies from that perspective so much is because he used very, very little CGI in those films. It was almost all practical uh, including driving that giant transport truck through the bridge, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, Christopher Nolan also known for Inception, and he actually did build a room that would turn uh, that they could film that fight scene inside. So, if you've ever watched Inception uh, and know that there is a fight scene down a hotel hallway and the room is spinning as they're fighting around it on all angles, uh, that was done practically. That is not. A weird and that's why it looks so good um because it always that's okay weird this is this is not this is a hockey podcast but here's a weird this is what you're gonna get when i'm by myself is these weird tangents into other things that i just feel like getting off my chest um that includes the advent of way too much cgi into current films but that's whatever it is what it is um there's a reason that if you go back and watch the original ghostbusters there's a reason that so much of that holds up monster wise like the dog running through the park you can definitely tell the scenes where they used early computer animation or probably some sort of overlay um, and where they had the animatronic puppet if you will Um, because that looks amazing it still looks really good it looks creepy all that stuff practical is always better Um, but unfortunately it costs more uh, in certain respects and some it doesn't um, I would prefer to see a real sunset than whatever you decided you felt like you needed in your scene on a green screen. That's not as... I mean, if you're going to some weird, I guess, far-off planet um, where you're trying to get some infinity stone from a guy with a red face, then, I mean, a certain amount of practicality obviously is going to be lost. But uh, So yeah, Jack Ryan, um, I guess worth watching if you like the other two seasons. If you didn't like the other two seasons, I definitely can't see you suddenly liking season three. Uh, for the most part, there isn't really, I feel like you could watch any of those seasons kind of independently and it doesn't really, there are some characters obviously that carry over in the seasons, but you kind of get the gist of, there's not really any overarching storylines over the three, uh, the three seasons, at least that I can think of over the top of my head. Um, I don't know if they're doing another season. Uh, if they do, I guess I'll watch it. I don't know. I don't. All right. Hockey. Unless you want to hear me drone on about um, Farm Simulator 22, because my son has somehow 
got me down this weird rabbit hole of just kind of chilling sometimes and just, you know, tooting about my farm or <laughs> cutting grass on a tractor or whatever. I don't know. I was playing a little power wash simulator at one point too, but that just got way too hand intensive. Um, whereas on the, somehow they decided that on a video game you could put cruise control on. So you can literally put your tractor on cruise control and do your field and you're just kind of turning the joystick. Cause I'm not really, I'm not going too realistic. I'm not trying to get tight, tight turns or anything like that. I'm, I mean, you can, there's people walking around on the streets and you can just, you just go right through them. You just, I don't know. My, my son doesn't even really like the farm simulator party. He likes just getting in the truck, the farm truck, and seeing how fast it will go and seeing how high it will ramp off the hills um, because there's, it does not going to like explode or anything. And you can fix your cars real quick with money. So he uses it more as, I guess, a stunt game <laughs> than a farm game. And I'm only doing the farm part to buy him more cars so he can, I don't know. It's one of the few times I did wish I had a PC. I feel like I could just mod it to have unlimited money and then he could just do whatever he wanted and that would probably be a lot more fun for him but whatever farm simulator 22 is a game uh it there's some it's not perfect but it's there's a lot I don't know I'm learning I guess I had to learn how to do stuff um just yeah it's a whole there's a lot there let's just say very complicated probably a lot easier with pc controls and more buttons but they make it work somehow okay my fantasy weeks how did they go so over in Big Pool, um, for the second week in a row, I had to place the I had to face the new first place team, uh, and I pulled off a seven three victory, mostly on the back of my forwards and defense. Uh, I I got my required goalie starts um, from the Isles goalies, but they didn't have a great week, so I didn't have great goalie numbers. Uh, one win, three thirty seven and eight eighty two isn't really doing it, uh, so no goalie cats for me. Uh, but I swept goals, assists, points, plus minus, power play points, shots on goal, and hits all by pretty considerable margins, to be honest. Um, well, I guess four goals isn't a ton, but uh, so a good week there. Um, so after winning over the first place team for the second week in a row, uh, this week I will also be playing the first place team. Um who is leading my division. There's only two divisions. I am in fourth place now uh, after being tied for second last week and winning last week. Um, so that's interesting. <laughs> but I am one point back of third uh, in the and four points back of second, which technically I can't be because that is a division leader. Um, but I am five points back of the new first place team uh, so hopefully I can pull off another victory over a first place team this week and maybe I'll finally get to be first place, but who's to say, I do have some more thoughts on this pool, um, but I'm going to go through my fantasy weeks and my poo poo and all that stuff, um, before I kind of talk about what went on and why a certain team <laughs> may have taken over first, uh, over top of me, uh, because of, yeah, let's go on here. Points pool got smoked. First place team smoked me. I am uh, once again under 500 at 6 and 7. I am in fifth place. Uh, six teams make the playoffs in this pool. Uh, I am only in fifth by a tiebreaker of four fantasy points, which is like a power play goal, basically. 
Um, so that's nothing. Uh, so there are one, two, three, four, five teams at six and seven, a team at five and eight, uh, poor old Moke at three and 10. Uh, Tyler is now at eight and five after winning again. He is uh, firmly entrenched in third place now uh, with an outside shot at a bye. Yeah, he's got, well, he's only a game back of a bye, but he still has maybe an outside shot of first if Bus falls apart a little bit, but I feel like Bus has probably got that locked up. Um, I'm in interesting times in this pool. I'm going to still ride it out for another few weeks here, but let's just see how things work out. Uh, playing the second place team this week, uh, and then next week I'm last place team, and then Tyler, who is probably going to be up there. Yeah, there's, we'll see. We'll just ride her out here and see what happens. Um, that is one of the few pools where I actually have won a fantasy championship and we have a trophy. Uh, so my team name is on there. Tyler has also won that pool and put his name on that trophy. Okay, speaking of Tyler, over in the auction pool, uh, Tyler beat me. Not, I don't know. That's all I can say, really. There was a few tight categories, but overall I had a pretty bad week. I had 122 shots, but only 10 goals, and he had 133 shots with 21 goals. So a little bit of a, a difference in our shooting percentage there. Um, I had three wins, but horrible peripherals. Um, so he took two of three goaltending, like two to one in the goaltending categories. Obviously, we tied shutouts. Uh, interesting postscript to this. Um, on Saturday in both the big pool actually and auction, I was debating on grabbing a Grice Sunday matchup because usually in the big pool, for sure, there's no goalies available generally that will start on the next day. And I noticed Grice was there. And in big pool, if somebody's not, somebody's a free agent but not on waivers, they immediately get added to your roster. So I could have grabbed him right away. It wouldn't have been, you know, see if I lose him the next day. I definitely had people I could have dropped for him. Uh, in the auction pool, I had horrible peripherals. The only thing that would have helped me is basically letting in two goals or less, essentially, to even turn the meter here. So I was like, Grace was playing Minnesota. St. Louis has been all over the place lately. I'm like, I can't do it. Later on that night, since like I wasn't really close in any of these pools, so I wasn't really checking scores much on Sunday, just kind of in the least played. So I watched a few periods of that and then kind of did some other stuff, went to bed. Didn't really check whatever. Looked this morning. Grace, Grace had a shutout yesterday, which I don't know if it would have won me the auction pool, but it would have got me, it probably would have tied that matchup up. Actually, it might have, let's see. I probably take goals against and save percentage. So he's down to form up to, yeah. So I would have beat him 6-3 if I would have picked up Grace. Interesting. All right, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, and over in the big pool, if I would have picked him up, I don't think much would have changed. I don't know. Let's see here. Go back here. Over. Uh, I. Uh, it's tough to say. I would have got one more. Like I would have had. I would have had an extra win. Obviously, category win because I would have got shutouts. But I don't think it would have changed the peripherals much. Eh, maybe. Yeah, I might have had a bigger win. Who knows? Well, that's what I get. I guess for. I should have just rolled. I don't know. I think I just genuinely forgot to pick him up. I think I was thinking about it, and then I got distracted and then forgot to go do it. Um, I definitely do that a lot. That's why... Oh, Daniel Sprong scored tonight. Yay. Um, and I... What? Oh, this isn't my team. Oh, 
this is somebody else's team and they benched well i mean they benched a starter who's led in three goals already so i mean maybe that works out uh okay so i have to nominate a poo poo performer here and i usually do it from one of my losing teams uh, so I'm going to do it for my points pool team, and that's Evan Bouchard, who was basically just a minus two this week with seven shots. That's it. This was a, just a bad, this isn't really his fault. Um, this is just a bad draft pick by me and a sunk cost, and I'm just refusing to drop him at this point. Because I'm just so concerned that I'll drop him and Tyson Berry will break his ankle or something. It's a weird, it's not, this isn't what you, okay. For quick fantasy tip, and I'm guilty of this, and I've always been guilty of this sometimes. Well, not sometimes, but I've done this before. Is you grab the backup guy when you can't get the number one and you just hope that he either gets straight injury, whatever, or that maybe he... But it never... It almost never works out. You almost never pick right. This is a not pick right. There's I could have got Josh Morrissey for this guy who's might end up winning the Norris Trophy for this, this year. He was on waivers. He was a free agent after our draft. I even looked at him and was like, oh, Josh Morrissey, I should probably. And I was like, nah, I don't want to. Nope. That would have been a nice little change. But anyways, um, Mr. Evan Sunkos-Bouchard, uh, whenever Tyson Berry gets off this team, I'm assuming he's taking over that power play, then his value will skyrocket. Um, if you are in a keeper league, maybe look at where that Tyson Berry contract is, where that Oilers cap situation is. Maybe put two and two together and hope that Ken Holland can be a decent GM one time. And dump Barry this summer and then let Bouchard take over and save themselves a little money on their cap so they can add some forward, I don't know, everything, a little bit of everything. Uh, super duper star. Uh, once again, a guy I've traded for mid season and suddenly goes off. Uh, this may, so I think Tarasenko going down and me trading for Shen kind of ended up working out because generally when one of the Bigger guys go down on the Blues. The Shen seems to, whatever, go off. So he had three goals, three assists, plus one, two power play points, uh, seven shots on goal, 13 hits. That's just amazing. Like, that's, you do that, even if he does that every other week, that's going to play. Like, that's going to play. Because you need to grab those peripherals. Those are easy cats to win because a lot of people just don't pay attention I had 126 to his 110 hits last week and 79 to his 52 hits. And honestly, his peripherals last week weren't that bad. That's actually pretty decent for him. Uh, he also had Rasmus Selene, who I have another pool, who had six points. Um, so shout out Rasmus. Uh, let's just quickly go through a little uh, little big pool. Who was big guys for me? Uh, Matthews, obviously, five points. Kevin Hayes, five points last week, was a plus four. Yeah, a Philadelphia Flyer was a plus four last week. Alex Brinkett, minus five, no points, not great. Uh, Marcus Felino, 16 hits, literally the only reason I drafted you, so it's nice to see you chipping a couple points. Uh, other than that, I don't know, nothing else really. Uh, K. Andre Miller, four points, eight shots, five hits, two power play points. Man, so last year I grabbed Truba, or traded, for, yeah, I grabbed him off waivers, I think, and he ended up going off for me, like off for me. This pool, I drafted Miller. It was like, oh, peripheral boy. He's going to, I just had this feeling they got a good offense there. He's going to get lots of minutes. And I just liked the look of his peripherals last year. Like he was just always putting up boom, 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 a game. 
Um, what do I mean by that? <laughs> what do you mean by boom, boom, boom? But basically, he was putting stuff on the board every game. Uh, and that, in a in a multi-cat league, like if you're even, if you're maybe whatever, not putting up points, like I have Ross Colton on my team, he's treligible. There's multiple times where I've thought about dropping him, but every once in a while he'll have a two-point game, and every night he's putting up like two shots, three hits, two shots, five hits. Like here's like, like 10 minutes, 50 seconds of ice time, not very much, three shots, three hits. Like he continually is going to put something on the board every single night. He's rarely going to have a board like a night where he's 0-0 across the board, and that's what you want from your deeper, especially in this pool, your deeper fantasy guys. If they can just chalk up some shots and hits at the end of the week, like Ross Colton, there we go. He was a minus one last week, but he had six shots and eight hits. Is that a lot? No. But that could be the difference between you winning or losing a week. My offense is fine. I'm not really worried. I had 41 points last week. I got some big names on here. I don't need every single player to have a five-point week every week. Um, so you got to get those peripherals. I got to – there's some grossness. I, I also grabbed Brendan Dillon off waivers and just as a hitter. And he had three points, uh, five shots, six hits, four plus four. Like, that's great. That's I, I'll probably hold him around for a while. The Jets are going off. The defense is pretty good there. He some like he has those nights where he'll put up five or six hits in a night, and that'll play every night. So okay. What did I want to talk about in the big pool? So last week, as I said, I was playing the first place team at the time. I won. I am not first place this week. And part of the reason for that is because last week the guy who is now in first place uh oh that's not what i wanted to click on that's not doing what i want anyways two seconds here um the guy who i was playing last week why is this not having a computer moment here live on the podcast so that's not awkward at all anyways uh the guy who took over first place for me was playing a team who literally did not get a single goalie start last week. Now, we have a requirement in the big pool of three starts for you to actually get your quote-unquote stats for your goalies. It's definitely not unheard of uh, for a team to not get their goalie starts. It definitely happens, but usually it's one. <laughs> usually you miss by one. I've definitely lost, like, I think I tied or lost a week last year because I only got two starts, and I desperately tried to find one and couldn't. Um, so watching somebody, wow, I can't believe Kelly Yarncrock was still on. I just can't pick up another leaf. I had to leave him out there. People are silly. Uh, so in this pool, there really isn't any roster related. There, So we have a new commissioner. He lists, I'm Generally, I think he listens to the podcast. Um, so uh, we he instituted some rules. He's currently instituting one, basically, as I record this podcast. Um, I've noticed some chats on my messenger here. I haven't really looked into it yet. Um, but we don't have any rules related to roster construction necessarily. So far as in, I remember at one point, I don't even remember who specifically it was, but somebody had one defenseman. They just were running whatever forwards, goalies. Like, I want, well, we even talked about it on the podcast this season, I believe, or maybe it was last season, that somebody had like eight goalies on their team. And they were just running. And like that person who had the weird roster is now in 13th place, and there's no way they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, maybe they're tanking. Maybe they're full on tank now. Who knows? But so, my question or my thoughts are 
So he, they lost, like the GM who didn't get a goalie start last week, my, I'm not ethically questioning his ability. Like he's a very good fantasy hockey GM across multiple sports. Like he's won championships, et cetera. He's won this pool, I think twice. Um, and I haven't won it once. So that's not the issue here. He's playing within the rules of the pool. Like there is no rule that says that you have to get your goalie starts or I don't even know what you're penalty for that would even be like a loss of a draft i don't know i don't even know but like should it should we should like i mean this is <laughs> this is a borderline philosophical debate over like the the rights of everyone and the rights of the individual because like technically if we had a rule where he had to get three goalie starts is he going to win his goalies like is he going to win any goalie categories last week probably not like, probably not, because he's only going to probably get terrible starts from terrible goalies. But technically, he could have grabbed that Greist shutout um, on Sunday, and that might have got him the shutout category. So there is some validity to that. And as somebody who is now in fourth place instead of potentially first place because of, you know, five category or five points in the standings, which would be two and a like two category wins and a tie um potentially i could maybe be like this is very personal but i mean hypothetically so it did affect if this was the last weekend of the season this would have affected not only the standings and the playoff matchups but also potential payout because if you win this pool you get a separate like a regular season winner also gets a payout um so in that and i mean you know, if you really want to say like the last week is part of the whole season and this is still part of the, so hypothetically, it doesn't matter when it happens. It still technically could affect. Okay, fine, fine. Like that makes sense. Sure. Let's, let's go that way too. So should we, like, should we have some like, but what's, but there's no, it's not like you can go back and play the week again. They can try hard. Like, it's like a try harder rule. Like, can you maybe put a little more effort into try, but you have 18. So we have no limits on how many goalies you can have on your active roster, right? So there are definitely situations where teams have every goalie. Like, and I mean every goalie going into the system. We have the start of the backup and whoever their first call-up is. I currently have that with the Islanders because Corey Schneider finally got called up. He never started and he hasn't played yet and he probably won't unless the worst case scenario. But if he does, I only have Islanders goalies right now until Anderson's back. So I got to keep him. <clears throat> I need that start if it happens because I want to hit my goalie starts and you never know. So in this pool, you're thinking 18 teams, you're going to want probably at least two goalies. So that's 36. And then you're talking teams with, you know, multiple starters and everything. Like you're talking some teams having four, three really good goalies and other teams having one. You know what I mean? Like I'm basically running Sorokin right now. Valdemoff's actually been okay in spots, but basically I'm running only Isles goalies and have been since Freddie Anderson got hurt, which was like, what, the first month of the season? First six weeks of the season? And the funny thing is I'm not even thinking about going after another goalie. One, because obviously Freddie's going to be back at some point. He plays for a really good team. So I'm assuming he's going to come back and be okay. And if he comes back at the right time, takes over, plays a bunch of games in a row, like that could win me a championship. 
So you can't, I'm not dealing him. And then next year I have to figure out what I'm going to do with him. Cause Sorokin's an obvious keeper, but I don't know what to do about Freddie Anderson. I think you almost keep him by default and then hope that you can maybe grab something next year. But I don't know. I don't know what to do. I actually don't have an answer for that. To me, that's more of a general, because I don't, it does affect it, but I don't know if he, the extra, you know, whatever, I'm not even going to call it extra effort, but if the extra time or whatever would have been put in to get the three starts, I mean, yeah, I didn't. And I mean, maybe whoever he's dropping is somebody that uh, somebody else picks up and they, yeah, there's, I don't know, butterfly effect, I guess, but I don't actually have a big rant on that. I just, I, even when I noticed it, I wasn't like mad about it or anything more specifically because of who the GM was. Like, I know they wouldn't, you know, be trying to, I mean, if you're, if you're going to kind of half, half assed manage your team to last place, like this is probably the appropriate year to do that. Um, the, I guess this year, potentially next year, but this year for sure, especially after, like, I'm sure a lot of people that are in fantasy hockey that are in keeper leagues um, that have drafts next year, especially ones where there are no like lotteries or consolation tournaments or anything like that. I would not be surprised at all after that World Juniors if a lot of people were finally like, oh, oh, and it's just Tank City. There's just Tank City happening around Keeper League fan in Dynasty for sure. Dynasty, oh my God. I've never been in a Dynasty League, but I can't imagine what happens in a Dynasty League when a guy like this gets on the board. That's got to be crazy. Um, would I want to be in a Dynasty League? I've thought about this. There... So there are parts of a dynasty league I think would be more, I think it would be more hands-off, obviously, right? More draft-heavy, more trade-heavy, if you can pull those off, that kind of stuff. Like, to me, if you're in a fantasy league, there should be no, like, setting of lineups or anything like that. It should just be like, well, these are my players, those are your players. And maybe, like, we pick so many for the year, and then we get to swap some in and out. But it should no be, like, there should no be daily starting, that should be like, you know, every whatever, once a month we get two ads and drops from our farm team or whatever, like, which is probably a lot of those guys are actual roster players. Um, and then whatever, we retroactively get their points when they get called or whatever. I don't know how some of these, le- I've never been in a dynasty league, so I'm just kind of spitballing what I think the rules would be, I guess. Um, but I probably, I got three leagues going on right now. That's pretty much it for me. I'm good. Good on that. Unless something really interesting, like... The, the more hands-off the league, the more likely I am to be interested, I think, would be the way it would go at this point. Um, but, yeah. So, like, news, I guess? I, I guess. Like, who am I talking to? I'm, like, this is literally talking to myself right now. Well, I'm talking to a microphone and a TV that's hooked up to a MacBook. I have a delicious uh, 12-year-old single malt scotch in front of me a Balmore uh single malt amazing little peaty it's okay though I don't like a huge peat not a big peat if certain scotches you pull that you pull that top off and that whole house smells like peat and that's too much peat for me I'm more of a an oak barrel fan um, things like that nature, uh, but no, overall, uh, good. If you ever want to buy me something for some reason, um, 
single malt scotches are good, uh, or also Guinness or Jameson. Those are only alcohol options, Adam. I know, but that's easy to find. You can't, like, it's not a, get me a shirt or something. Like, come on, I don't buy clothes. Who buys clothes? Stop buying clothes. Unless you actually need clothes. Like, need clothes. Like, need clothes. Hey, need them. Not like I want them or I want new clothes. Those aren't, those aren't needs. Those are, those are wants. You don't have to do that. You could spend that money elsewhere or you could give it to somebody who needs it. I don't know. Well, who am I to tell you how to spend your money, right? You can't spend it on this podcast. I know that. I wouldn't let you. <laughs> it's not worth it. Maybe you think it is. I don't know. Should I put up a pays pays you want and see if I can get like enough money every week to buy a coffee for myself? Um, probably not from Starbucks. Uh, I don't know. I guess that'd be something. Okay. What else am I going to talk about today? Let's see here. I wrote down my starting time this time because I'm a smart boy today. I'm about half hour in. I have some stuff I want to talk about, so I guess now would be the time to talk about it. Um, and the first thing I wanted to talk about is Jacob Verana. Now, Mr. Jacob Verana, uh, I don't know if we mentioned on this podcast or not, um, entered the player, I'm not, I don't know what the, there's a name for it, and the player's substance program or whatever. Anyways, he was going through some shit. And so he was in the program, and then when he came back, uh, he played a few games in the A, wasn't very good, had to come up because it was just a conditioning stint style thing. Uh, so the Red Wing said, nah, fam, we're good. Put him on waivers. So he does have a 4.125 thousand million cap hit for this year and next, which in the grand scheme of the NHL is not terrible. Uh, he is what could be termed a hockey player. Uh, he has had a 25 and 24 goal season. Uh, I would say if he can ever play a full year, and maybe now we know. Well, I guess he had 19, 13. Yeah, I mean 13 and 26. Like he he can score some goals. Um, he almost has. He has 98 goals in 323 total NHL games, 189 points in 323 games. Uh, I mean, is he worth with those? Okay, so he has one 50-point season. That was in 69 games, and that was with the Caps, notably. So is this a guy worth 4.125? I mean, Steve Eisenman thought he was. Um... Probably not right now. No. But he's 26. So he's in the peak of his career. He obviously went through some stuff. You would assume since he is out of the program that he has gotten help. That doesn't mean he is in any way out of the woods yet as far as whatever he was going through. But at the very least, he took the steps. He went, he got the help. Uh, he is back now. I thought somebody would grab him i mean i don't i don't know oh excuse me 
I don't know any of the behind the scenes stuff here. I don't know. There's obviously more information that would be known behind the scenes than we know. And I don't mean any bad stuff. I just mean his current state of mind, all those kind of things. Like I'm sure even just because you're out of the program doesn't necessarily mean that you're perfect and everything's fine and you know, you're all good. It's just, we, we can get you so far and then you have to take the rest of the way yourself. Um, so he's currently in the HL cause he cleared waivers and I, unless there was some sort of unknown thing, well thing that I don't know that would stop a team from wanting to grab him on waivers, any team with, I mean, any team with a, even a modicum of cap space should be snatching like this is the ideal candidate ideal he's signed for two more years and he's a ufa come on he's signed for this year next i guess i should say you grab this guy you're getting for nothing he's on waivers you let him get his shit together if he's whatever let him settle in if you will Pump him up on your top line in your top six. Let him pound some goals in the net. If if you don't think you're getting enough value for him this year, he's signed for next year. You bring him back and you start all over again. And now, you so you have two kicks at the can with this guy at the trade deadline, which is what you want. You're not bringing this guy in to... I mean, I know you're, you're treating a guy... Okay, fine. You're treating him like... But at the end of the day, like you are an NHL team. And these players are somewhat, you know, you got to put some value on these guys. And sometimes you got to grab a low asset and flip it for a high, you know, buy it low, sell high. That's how that works, right? Snag this guy, give him every opportunity to do as much as possible, especially opportunity he would not get even maybe in Detroit's top six currently. Though I think maybe he should, but whatever. Um, And then you have this trade deadline which gives you the asset that if people want him and you can eat that money, which if you're a team that's grabbing him off waivers, you probably can. You just eat half of it. This guy's $2 million for this year and next? Come on. How much How much would you get for a Jacob Verana at the trade deadline for $2 million for this year and next? Come on. Come on. How many teams and, and prorated by the end of this season – if you're eating half of it, it's not even going to be two against your cap. It's going to be way less than that. To me, this is this is insanity. Insanity that nobody grabbed this guy. To me, the only reason that he shouldn't have been grabbed is because there were some off-ice things that pe- people knew about and were like, you know what, this guy's still not ready and let's just, it's not, this is not going to work out. Then fine. But if not, this is horrible, horrible asset management from anyone with cap space right now. Just horrible. Like, these are the guys you jump all over. You get them for free, and you can trade them for something. You literally, you get this guy, you pay him, even if you get, like, a third-round pick for him. Isn't that better? Like, I don't know. I don't And if he works out, maybe it works out, and you keep him around for a few years. Isn't that good? T- like, he's an actual hockey player. Like, he's been proven to be an NHL player. He had pretty... Th- he was pretty highly touted at one point, especially in fantasy circles when he was with the Capitals. Like you could, you could have, you sold the right time with this guy. You probably could have done all right. I know I was probably after him at one point, but yeah, just like they did, they got Kubelik for two more years at 2.5 in Detroit. Like that's exactly what like Verana could be for somebody. 
I wonder what they do with him. He's having a good year. I wonder what this team does at the deadline. They're kind of sniffing around, right? Let's just see here. Where's my... I know I had it up here close. 30... No, oh, geez. They're 10 points back of a playoff spot. Oh, no. That's the... Where's the wild card thing here? How far are they back of a wild card spot? Seven points back of a wild card spot with a game in hand on Pittsburgh. I mean, it's not out of the woods yet. They have a minus 15 goal differential. That's probably not good. Hey, look at the Buffalo Sabres. Two games in hand, four points back. You never know. You never know. Penguins. Not who I'm talking about, but that might not. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, okay, Ovechkin took a pick with the Canadians' moms. I don't. I just had to mention that because I think it's it's pretty funny. Um, and speaking of the Capitals, uh, Nick Backstrom is back. Huh. Wow. Nobody else. I'm sure nobody made that joke. Um, I hmm. He's to me. He is the most interesting, actual most interesting Hall of Fame debate. Because. Points-wise, like, he has the credentials. He has the Stanley Cup, but he doesn't have any personal awards. Now, is a lot of that because of Ovi? Yeah, probably. But he's probably one of the, like, of his era, he's one of the all-time setup men. Like, he's up there, for sure. He's the best? No, he's not. He's not like a Henrik Sedin or something. But he's up there. He's easily... To me, he should be like the line. Like, he should be like, you have to be better than him to get in. He should be like the last, like it should be, he's the Hodor of the All-Star. Like, he's like, you gotta, and he's, okay. I don't, I can't believe I actually didn't have it up here. Because I actually try to have everything in front of me if I'm going to talk about it. Nick Backstreet, boys. No, that's not what I want. I want Nick Backstrom. I just want to bring up his DB here and just check out his little statty stats. So in the NHL, he's got 1,000 points, check. And only 1,000. So he has 1,011 points in 1,059 games. So he's almost a point-per-game player in 1,000 games. Like, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, 747 assists, 264 goals. See, that's tough. But, like, I mean, that's not... That's, you know, whatever. That's He's the player he is. Eight, if he gets to 800 assists, like, he's, so he's 60, 53 away from 800 assists. That would also get him in range, potentially, one day of 1,100 points. But, like, he had just came off a huge hip surgery. Uh, I don't think any NHL player has ever come back from this specific or very few hip surgery he had. So I guess we'll see how it holds up. Um, it would be very fitting and pretty cool if he's the one that assists on Ovi's goal. That like it. That's the one thing I think about Ovi breaking all these like passing how and all that lately is the one thing that was missing was Backstrom um, passing him that puck to do that. Like Backstrom had a hundred point season. Like not many players have one of those. He also has an eighty point season. Two 80-point seasons, multiple 70-point seasons. Like, he's borderline been a point-per-game player every single season he's been in the NHL, which is 
like pretty impressive given the fact that his well he had 33 goals one year that was a long pause so I could drink a lot of water sorry um like okay his career high is 33 goals but his career high in assists did he ever have like an 80 no he's usually kicking around at 60 odd assists which I mean isn't isn't terrible but like a consistent 70 plus point guy for years basically or at least on that pace depending on how many games were played in a season uh in the year the capitals won the cup he had uh, 23 points in 20 games like he he has been key to every part of this team's success. Uh, 114 points in 139 playoff games, 38 goals in 100. Like <laughs> 38 goals in 139 playoff games. He barely doesn't do that in a full season. So he comes to play in the playoffs too. I mean, would I like to see him in the Hall of Fame? I guess. I don't know. I don't really have any like super uber affection for him in that way or anything like that. I just, to me, he's the one where I'm like, eh. Uh, uh, he should maybe be on that borderline. That's what I think. Just right on that borderline. Um, okay. So I was going to do a little piece on the Florida Panthers um, and Paul Maurice just tanking this team, the goaltending, Spencer Knight just completely falling apart this year. Uh, wow, I feel like I'm doing it already. The fact that they traded a first last year for Ben Chariot, Ben Chariot, um, and it's not lottery protected, uh, that's not great. They are currently six points out of a playoff spot uh, with, I don't even, how do you, and the Penguins have two games in hand on them. So hypothetically, they're 10 games out of a playoff spot. They have a minus eight goal differential. Uh, they are four, six, and zero in their last ten games. The Sabers are currently ahead of them in the standings by two points, but they've played four less games. <laughs> this is not. This is not. This is not good. It's not good. I wasn't even going to talk about this, but I'm just going to do a few minutes here, and I don't have to talk about it again. So. They made the big trade, obviously. Kadri by. Well, Kadri went to the. Yeah, okay, that was dumb. Uh, Huberto and Wegar are gone. Kachuk came in. Kachuk is currently leading the Panthers in goals and assists and points. I think that's that's fine. Uh, Spencer Knight, who I said is being has been awful this year, is currently leading in goals against and save percentage, but it's a 3.06 and a 906. So. That's not great. Uh, they won their division last year. Lost in the second round, but whatever. They were playing a Lightning team that had gone to back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. Like, it's not... And that team had also beat the Leafs. So, it's not the end of the world. Um, that's not what I want to look at at all. Thanks for doing that on me. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, so... Bad things in Florida. Um, let's do... Paul Maurice is one of... I don't know if anybody... You either know this... Maybe you don't. Paul Maurice started coaching in the NHL when he was in his 30s. He was one of the youngest coaches. Like, early 30s. Maybe it was early... Late 20s, even. 
Uh, he was the, I think he set the record for the youngest coach in NHL history at the time. He took over the Hartford Whalers. Um, he has been a coach ever since, essentially, only a head coach. Uh, he is way up there on the leaderboard for total game, games coached, games won, I think also losses. Um, never won a Stanley Cup. He's only made one Cup final, and that was with Carolina in 02. Can you imagine being in a job so long that you are setting records for essentially being in it the longest and you have never done the thing that is supposed to be your only job. (laughs) Where else in the world can I find that job that also pays me millions of dollars a year potentially where I can be bad at the only, like I can never do the one thing I'm supposed to do. And yet I keep getting work. This, this hiring of Maurice might be the poison pill that ruins this era of the Panthers that had so many good vibes. Like if to me, if I'm the Panthers right now, unless there's something that they are seeing that I am not, I am cutting bait with this guy and I am calling up Barry Trotz and saying, how much save this because you are getting dangerously close right now to running out of time. And to miss the playoffs in a season where you do not have a first-round pick and one of the deepest drafts in recent history is an absolute abject failure of your organization. And this isn't even a matter of them having significant injuries where half their roster is hurt or anything like that. That's that's not at all what this is. Ekblad went down for a while. Some guys gotten hurt, but nothing remotely close to being like, well, they can tap the... We had nobody. This is just a complete failure of a team. This is a team that is just no good. The goaltending is awful, which probably means the defense is awful. Like They're 14th in goals for per game. They're 22nd in goals against per game. They're 21st in power play percentage and 22nd in penalty kill. Like mediocre to bad in everything. Generally bad in everything except for their goals for, which is pedestrian at best horrible given where this team was last year if you put a lot of fantasy stock into the florida panthers after last season you are (laughs) yeah you are a hurting hurting team i bet this year um i'm not saying exactly like especially like huberto's not exactly like calgary is another weird place but at least they're playing okay and sutter's there so there's some sort of I guess, rudder in place that you assume the ship will be readied at some point. Um, and I don't think they're in any danger of missing the playoffs either. So, all right. Uh, slightly shorter show this week, I guess, than usual. Um, but that will be the podcast for this week. And I will talk to you next week.